And then we're going to talk about the limitless, living the limitless life. And it's really kind of what I was sharing with communion is um, when we finally realize that we're one with him. And that's what he wanted to share the whole time was this, this life of union. This, his life is our life. It's not this distant thing or we're asking him to do things. It's realizing that everything we need have already is him. And we go from this thing where we're, we're lacking or needing something, asking God, which is okay, but I just think there's a higher level to live where you can just live. And he, he, his life just flows out of you effortlessly, which is really everything to me. Is, is, uh, uh, and it's, it's, you've all heard these scriptures, but it's really real. Is out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. And, and uh, hey, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life. It says in King James, if you go look up issues, it literally says your boundaries of how much Zoe life you can experience by what you believe in your heart. And then Jesus said in the parable of the sowers, he said, you know what, if you don't understand this parable, how are you going to understand any of them? And uh, you guys all know the story, right? The sower sows the word. And so, uh, and he talks about the soil. If you plant something in your heart, the different kinds of soil bring up different things. And so he said, you know, some people don't get any fruit out of it, but some get 30, 60, 100 fold. And he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So, and, and then the disciples later, they said, well, what's that all about? And you guys know the story, right? As he said, well, then he tells them the interpretation. He says, the soil's your heart, what you believe. And uh, if you believe things, and this is what's fascinating to me where we're co-creators, really. I, I think the, the limitlessness of, of who we are because we're one with God is whether we believe the right thing or the wrong thing, it'll manifest. Does that, does that make sense to you guys? And so it's not this good versus evil thing where there's this devil trying to do all this stuff to us. It says, guard your heart with all diligence because out of your heart is what's going to produce. Does that make sense to you guys? And so there's not this... Uh, um, I think the hardest thing for me to understand when I would hear all these guys where they would go, that's Gnostic dualism. I'm like, I'm from Iowa. What, what does that mean? Um, use English. Like, what's Gnostic dualism? And I, I didn't get it because I was so ingrained in this good versus evil that the devil and all this stuff. And, and, uh, but it's really, hey, it's your heart that produces good or bad. And when we don't see the truth about who we already are, what's always been true about us, it produces some negative stuff in our lives. But in God's opinion, he sees the end from the beginning. He sees you complete, perfect, one with him. He always has. Does that make sense to you guys? He's always seen you perfectly loved, perfectly forgiven, everything. And uh, he's like, you know what? Whatever you plant in your heart, you can get a 100-fold return. You can get a 30-fold return, 60-fold return. Some of you guys, if they, if they don't believe the truth, then they get zero return because out of the heart. Uh, but it's not this weirdness where we have to um, put it this way. There's no, devil, there's no devil attacking you. I hear that all the time with Christians. Like when something's going bad in their life, like the devil's after me. No, he's not. He, no, he, he's not. There's, there's one spirit, one life, one God, one Jesus. It's, it's, he's not good and evil. And the Gnostic dualism was the belief that good and evil. And God says, I'm only good. I've created all things good and I'm only light. I'm no darkness or shadow of turning. That was such a hard one for me. But once I got it, which I'm going to share over the next few weeks, actually. I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. There is a law of life. So the law of gravity, if, if, I, if I drop this water bottle, is how many times out of 100 is it going to fall? 100, right? So it, it's a law. It, it just works, right? And so I finally got, I guess maybe forgive me, but I finally got this. There's no dualism. There's no Gnostic dualism, meaning um, good, bad. That's not how God judges anybody. God says this. He says, well, you know what? I pour out my, the rain on the good and the evil. I pour out the sun on the good and the evil. I bless the good and the evil. Isn't that interesting? 
There's no, there's, he doesn't change. He's the same. And I know for, for some of you guys that are really good Christians, that bothers you because you're going, how does that guy over there feel like, look like he's getting blessed more than me? Because he just doesn't have the weird religious baggage as you. He just believes God's good and he's going to go win. And so guess what he does? He wins. Does that make sense? So anyway, um, I just want you to, so let's go through these scriptures. Hopefully this will make sense to you guys. But uh, so Ephesians 1, 3, I want, I want you to catch a couple of things here. So blessed be the God of our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. If you go look at that has blessed, anybody know what tense that is in Greek? It's past. It's the orist, right? It's, it's a done deal. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose, this is, once I, this was really difficult for me to get my arms around too because I believed the whole man fell and all this narrative that we've all believed. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of creation, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So before creation, you were found in Christ. Put that one on. Is that what it says or is that what it says? He chose us in him before the foundation of the creation, is what it says, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Whoa. So before the creation came, so we've, see, we've all believed this thing that uh, Adam and Eve sinned and then you were a sinner because you were in Adam and Eve. I mean, didn't we all believe that? But we were holy and blameless before the creation. That's really good news. But to, to me, it's really good news, Martha, but not to a lot of people. So he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption. As son, and this is where I came out. My father was Catholic. My, my, uh, my mother was Dutch Reformed. So Calvinists, you guys know, they have this predestination thing, but they get some of it right. Part of the predestination is some of you are in, some of you are out. You just hope you're on the inside, Right. And the, the truth is, the scripture is that every man is in Christ, and he's the whole creation. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Sin was never an issue to God. He never saw man as fallen. He saw them as wholly blameless before the foundation of the world. Now, that messes up the rest of your theology, but that's actually really good news if you understand that. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the, his good pleasure, Right? To the praise and the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. He made us accepted in the beloved before the foundation of the world. So before this thing called the fall happened, you were holy and blameless in him. Isn't that cool? So what does that all mean? So we were placed in Christ. We're created in his image. have always been sons in his offering. So uh, when Adam and Eve, quote unquote, fell, where did they fall? Did they, did they, did they ever become separated from God? Never. Couldn't have. How can, how, he's in every atom in the universe, guys. And I'll show you in scripture, it actually says that. That he's in, through, and all in all. So nobody can have life outside of the life giver, can they? When you're, it's impossible. But that's what we were taught. So the only place where it says we can even be separated is we can be separated in our mind. That's where Adam and Eve got separated. In God's opinion, when they quote unquote fell, they were still sons, weren't they? Didn't they still, weren't they still created in his image? So that's what this is saying. The only place they've been separated, fallen, is in our minds. We don't have to fight work for all of heaven's resources that have already been given to us. It's really coming alive to the reality that I've always been a son, and I'm one with him, 
And anything I need has already been created. I just bring it out of the Spirit. That's pretty cool, isn't it? I think that's cool to me. So we bring it out of the Spirit by what we believe, and that's what all those scriptures are talking about. Hey, guard your heart, because out of that, it produces. That's what Jesus' parable of the sower was. He goes, listen, what's, what's, what's in your heart is going to produce ultimately. So guard that thing. That's because that's what the parable is about. All right? So does that make sense to you guys? All right, let's go to the next slide. Let's go, let's go to the Ephesians 4 now. This is what I, this, there's some mind-bending stuff in this, which is really what I wanted to get to. Uh, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body, okay? There's one body. And he's telling you um, to keep the unity of the Spirit with everybody because there's only one body. Who's the body? We're the body. What about the Muslim? He's the body. Because there's only one body. Isn't that wild? There's one body. There's one spirit. See, this is where the Gnostic dualism started to make sense to me. Because we believed that uh, uh, we had to cast out evil spirits and die. And God's like, once you get off this good and evil thing that realize there's only good, it's the, the darkness and evil that we experience is out of our own heart, not some horned thing running around causing you to do things, right? It's our own darkness where we create. When we can't see something that's true about us, Adam and Eve couldn't see what was true about them. And that's what most of us, and then religion just hammered it on us and said, no, you're, you're a sinner. Uh, you need to get back in. And says, no, there's always been one body, and before the foundation of the world, we were in. The only place we could be out was in our minds. But that's very powerful, so it's very real to somebody because what they believe in their heart, they experience. Does that make sense? So for me to go, listen, we went to Bible school in Africa, so I get the whole demons and all this stuff, but here's the interesting part. Why don't we see them in the U.S. very much? We saw crazy stuff, didn't we? Manifesting all kinds of things. Guess what? The person believed that's what evil looked like, and the minister believed that's what evil looked like, so what did it produce? That. Because people now, we've, we've had so many people manifest with you know, different things. Knowing what I know now, they're like, what would you do? Before, we'd like, in Jesus' name, be quiet, and all these goofy things that we were taught. You know? I'm like, oh, that's so bad. That's so bad now. Sorry if I did that to you ever. Um, but uh, it's just terrible to me now. They're like, what would you do? I would just put my arm around them and go, it's going to be okay. Just calm the situation down and just tell them who they are in Christ, that he loves you perfectly. There's nothing you could do. But anyway, because why would I do that? Because there's only one body, and there's only one spirit. All right? Just <clears throat> one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. Now, how many of you guys know what called and calling are right there? I think we think it's this. Uh, like, he's calling you. Like, hello? Are you answering? Like, that would be a call, right? I pick up my phone, I'm calling you. That's not what calling is. In the Greek, calling is there's only one family, one surname. Does that make sense? So it says this. There's only one spirit. There's only one body. There's only one surname. All are children of God is what he's trying to say. Does that make sense? You were surnamed as a child of God in one hope of your surname. If you go look it up in the Greek, it says there's only one family and everybody's in it. Everybody's a son of God. Everyone's born out of God. You guys with me so far? All right. 
No hate mail, all you guys. One God and Father of all. Why is one God important? We were just talking about this. You know, we're, uh, uh, that's a good question. She was asking, hey, you know what? In the Old Testament, if it's man's interpretation of what they thought God was, you know, the, the hard verses, if it's an interpretation, what about the good verses? It's really this. Does it line up with Jesus? Jesus is the true word of God. So all scripture has to bow to that. So uh, the, how I, I look at scripture is totally different today. It's pointing to Jesus. The only thing I think is infallible about it is it leads you to him. But where it's interesting is when they went from Basically, when the Jews went from polytheism, they believed in many gods and the council of the gods, to one God, they had to change their theology. Because it was okay to have a good God and bad God before, which is just pagan mythology, right? There's good gods and bad gods, and there's this, there's this uh, big war, like Thor at Ragnarok. He gets, who, who bites Thor's foot? The serpent, the great, the drat, right? The whole this, this good versus evil fight. And then the dragon bites his foot, and he doesn't go 15 steps, and they both die. But then the scripture says what? My God, when the serpent bites its heel, he destroys the serpent and the sea where it came from. We get to the end of Revelation and says, and there is no sea. You guys have all believed the wrong stuff. There's only been one God, one spirit, one goodness, only good. You with me so far? <laughs> this is heavy at first. I was like, oh, I finally get it. Thank you, Jesus. I've, even Iowa kids can get it. So I know you guys can all get it. So, but it's hard at first because we've been so ingrained from this high. Every movie, everything's about good versus evil, good versus evil, good versus evil. And he's like, no, there's only one spirit, one God, and I'm only good. And I'm only light. There's no darkness or turn or shadow returning to me. But then we get, so that's why it said there's only one God because they believed in many gods at the time. One God and father of how many? All who is above all. So this is Paul's talking where he goes, you can't get away from this, guys. Here's the reality. He's above all, through all, and in all. So once we get past this live separation that you could ever be separated, now scripture to me starts to come alive. You go, we've always been in him, through him. He, he, he's in everybody. Now, so evangelism today is not to get them in. It's to, to share the good news that they're already in. And he perfectly loves them and forgives them not for his benefit because he's never kept any record of wrong. We, just, we were just talking to some friends about that. Like, it, it's really hard because once you get rid of a scary God and that he's going to burn you in hell forever, then the question is, becomes this, well, why Jesus? Because they think that's the only reason Jesus came. Woo, I'm not going to go to hell. I'm like, how about a loving relationship? Wouldn't that be awesome? But that, that, is, that escapes Christians. They can't even believe that. that. He came to show what was always been true about us, that he loves us perfectly, that our worst, when we crucified the Messiah, where sin abounds, what happens? Grace hyperabounds. So he goes, even in man's worst, when we killed the Messiah, what, did he, what was his response? I'm, I'm love, but I'm, uh, that ticks me off. I'm just. I got to take care of that. Did he operate that way? He said, no, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they do. So even at our worst sin, hamartia, the wrong view of who we are, it's not your actions. Um, he's your actions is not sin to him. It's the distorted view that we, we could ever be separated from God. And then the worst would be eternal separation. He goes, no, I came to show you that I've conquered even that. I've conquered sin and death. I went down in Sheol and I preached to the dead and I led captivity captive. That's what scripture says. Isn't that cool? So he goes, now you don't even have to worry about death. I, I conquered that too. Death is a non-reality in his mind because it was nothing. It was just darkness. And darkness is what? It's just lack of light, which is all this is. So here's what I want you to get. 
uh, let's go to this next slide. I think I mentioned some of this. Okay. Oh, I, I, you, want a, you want a pretty good book, uh, Living Out of Your Spiritual Resources by Dr. Kay Fairchild. Have you guys watched any of her stuff? It's pretty good, actually. Um, so this was just a quote out of that book that I, that I came across this week that I thought was really good. What does it mean to truly live by grace? The realization that there's only one power. Isn't that what you just said? There's only one spirit. That God is the law of our being. I'll explain this in just a second. That Christ is our life and that God is not in the business of giving us anything, but he wants us to know that we already have it. Does that make sense? Because a lot of times, and you know, if you come to me and pray, for, you want me to pray with you, of course I'm going to pray with you. But... Uh, some of you guys have heard me say this, but Barb knows this. Now, over the last six months, when I've really understood this even more, we've seen so many miracles in healing with zero effort just by the, the realization that we're just releasing what's true about all of us. No casting anything out, no rebuking this, doing that. It's just, you know what, Lord? We share your life. and We just release love and life into every person. And we just see it happen. It's pretty awesome. So anyway, um, Christ is our life, that God is not in the business of giving it anything, but wants us to know that we already have it. That as we become aware of it, we experience the manifestation of all that is already given. Doesn't that sound like, as a man thinks it's in his heart, so is he? Right? So really, the idea to me, what I want to share in, the, in this tonight was, um, and Brad Jerzak talked about this a lot, is it's not enough just to uh, deconstruct all the stuff, that, all the bad theology that we learned, and that God's angry and needs to punish sin and, and all this kind of stuff. I don't want to be left there. I want, I want the good part of it too. Is like, okay, what's, what's the reality then? If, if that theology was bad, it doesn't do me much good to go, okay, I'm, I got it. I've, I'm done with that, but what's the good news now? I want, I want the good stuff. Let's deconstruct the bad stuff. But what's the new covenant all about? Can we truly enjoy life and life more abundantly? And I say, yes. That's what he wanted us to do the whole time. So it's not enough to go, hey, this, is, this was bad theology, etc. Like, what's right theology? What's good? And uh, he's good. And he, all he is is life and life, under, life more abundant. So, um, and that's really just what we need to realize, that his life is our life. And I'm going to talk about the law of life here in a minute. So God's grace is universally operative to everybody. It's open to anybody, anytime, all the time, 24-7. That's why... That's why Christians who are pretty good get irritated about the sinner getting blessed. <laughs> I love it. To me, it's comical to me. I'm like, God, I love that. Something leaves a little irritating. I'm like, God, Lord, look at all this stuff I'm doing. And they're winning. What did we just do there? We became the older brother, right? We just became the older brother. And he's like, yeah, Mike, why don't you believe what they believe and you can enjoy it too. Okay. They just don't believe the stuff that we believed. It's, he's love and he's light and he's nothing else. So, Grace is universally operative. Barrenness comes in many ways. It can be lack of, and here's what I want you to get is all of us have barrenness in certain parts of our lives and I don't want you to get negative. Like, it's just, to me, it's a reality. Like, okay, there's, there's, there's even better stuff that uh, he freely gives that we, we just ask him to shed light on. Lord, show us what, what, what negative stuff in our heart that we've grabbed a hold of a lie while we're experiencing this in our life. Does that make sense to you guys? And I think sometimes people can get my, my intent is never to, to uh, make anybody feel um, defensive or you're doing something wrong, because that's how I grew up. I grew up as, well, if it's not happening, Mike, it's because you don't have enough faith. Well, you know what? I just want to punt that, because that doesn't help me. That doesn't help me. That's just deconstruct. That's, that's really just, uh, well, he's the man of God, and if he prayed for you, of course this would happen. If it didn't happen, let's just blame they didn't have enough faith. That's just garbage to me, because I think... 
we're in union with him, so we enjoy his faith. Even without any faith, is his faith still active? Yes, he's, he, we're one. So I'm like, thank you, Lord. You're the strong part of this deal. I'm just me. But your faith, he goes, have the faith of God. He's not telling you to go build something. What he's trying to get you is a, an awareness that there's a greater faith that's already working in your life that you don't need to worry about this thing. You can cast your care upon him and go, let his faith take care of it. See, that gives me faith. That gives me assurance that, whew, I don't have to depend on my faith because he's working behind the scenes and his faith works. Because I have it as a, as a, as a, as a husband. As his, he's my husband, I'm his bride, so I'm a joint heir. So his faith is active on my behalf. Does that make sense to you guys? That gives me more assurance than build your faith. I'm like, I, yeah, I would like to, but my limb's falling off. Well, if you had enough faith, it would come. It's not, it's not happening. I'm not being healed. It's much more soothing to me to go, oh, I don't have to produce anything because there's only one body, one spirit, one life, and it's the law of life that if I, if I keep my eyes on him, just focus on his love for me, the law of life goes into effect. It's just like the law of gravity. It has to remove the darkness. I don't have to do it. Does that make sense to you guys? So, and if you, if you have a, uh, boy, that's refreshing to me. I don't know if you guys get that, but the law of life is this, is darkness to God. Is there any darkness to God? See, he sees every one of us as, as complete in Christ, does he not? So are we lacking anything in his mind? No. So in his mind, he's created everything you're ever going to need, and he's made it available for free. He goes, it's simple. You just birth it in the spirit. All you mean is we start believing only one God, one spirit. We, we don't look at the negative, so we don't look at the negative stuff. As we go, you know what, Lord, there's only one. I just, you know what, I keep my eyes on you, and you love me, you radically forgive me, you're always good to me, and guess what? The law of life kicks in, whether you understand it or not, because it starts to diminish the darkness, and you don't have to produce it. The darkness just fades away. That's where you hear all the grace preachers when they say it's like effortless. I go, it, the, only, the only effort is to labor to enter into the finished work, the, that rest, because we see the negative sometimes, don't we? Whether it's our health or our finances or relationships, whatever it is, but that's where he goes, don't even have the appearance of evil, don't even look at that stuff, is focus on one God, one life, that's the law of life, when you start just keeping your eyes on me, it's Philippians 2. Hey, what should we think about? Think about these things, things are love, peace, etc. and all the different scriptures that says, and if you do that, the law of life is gonna kick in and gonna prove to you what is his good and perfect will for you. Does that make sense? That's why he says, have patience, it doesn't have to happen today. The, the law is working when you keep your eyes on him and it'll work. That's the law. It will work. Isn't that cool? I don't have to make it work or have enough faith for it to work. It'll work. See, that gives me faith. Am I making any sense to you guys? I can have assurance knowing that I have his assurance. That just gives me, like, thank you, Father. Like, I, I can be me and just enjoy this relationship. And you, you love me? Yeah, because I see you as the spotless bride. Wow. That's a lot of faith. <laughs> right? So anyway, uh, I love this. Father God's bringing forth a manifestation of his life, his healing, his prosperity. As we seek him, he's bringing himself forth as whatever we need, as we are enveloped in his rest and everything else is taken care of. I just believe that where, that's where he says, enter into his rest. Everything, he's a good father, he's a good husband. Stop looking at, God doesn't ever see anything good versus bad, light, darkness. Guess who does that? We do. He doesn't. He goes, there's only one God, there's only one spirit, there's only one law. It's the law of life. There's two different trees. Trees are always people in scripture, right? 
We're trees of righteousness, oaks of righteousness, what it says. So because there's two kinds of trees. One tree has this dualistic thinking that they believe there's a good and an evil. See, here's where, here's where it really bugs me now with, with a lot of the, the stuff that we were taught about word of faith, charismatic, and different things. Because they basically believe dualism. They believe this, that something's resisting me, whether it's evil or the devil or a demon or something like that. And so there's some power that has any power. And then, but if my faith is enough, then my, my power is going to overcome that negative power. Does that make sense? That's dualism. That's believing in good and evil. And he says, if you believe in good and evil versus only life, what's going to happen to you? You're going to die. If you think there's a, a force resisting you, that you have to have some other force, this battle that God needs to win, his power is more than the demon's power. What's it going to do to you? First of all, it's going to wear you out. You'll be praying in tongues for like eight years. And then you're going to spit at people and cast demons out and everything else, and you'll never rest. He goes, that's death. That, that'll cause death. He goes, you have to realize there's only one spirit, one power. The only power that these so-called demons and everything have is ours. That we, we believe in that kind of stuff. So guess what happens? It manifests. In fact, uh, uh, like in Africa, like we saw all the stuff and they were talking about, um, what do you call it when they put the pins in the dolls and all that? What's that called again? Voodoo. Yeah, here's what the, here's what the voodoo guy said. It only works if they know I'm doing it. Isn't that wild? So if I've got a little voodoo doll and I'm at home going, I'm going to get Michael. You're happy as a clam until I go, I've got this voodoo doll and I'm doing this to you. Now they believe it, so they start experiencing it. Isn't that fascinating that the voodoo guys go, it only works if they know I'm doing it. So whose power is he using? Ours. There's only one spirit, one power. Does that make sense? There's only one. It's, it's, it, there's only one spirit, one body. There's not this good and evil. There's only good. It's our own darkness that we experience some of the negative stuff. Is that too trippy for you guys? I started jumping for joy when I finally get this. I'm like, yes. Now when Baxter says that's Gnostic dualism, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> I don't have to go, oh, yeah, it's Gnostic dualism. I act like I'm writing notes and going, and I'm going, what the, what is that, right? <laughs> I'm like, he's from Mississippi. He's smarter than I am. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought I would, and I was like, yeah. And I'm Polish, so every joke is about a Polish kid from Iowa. That's his, so anyway, does this make sense to you? All right, let's go to the next slide. So what does this all mean? I've talked about a lot of this, actually. So let me see if I wrote anything good here. Uh, the Father does not operate in good and evil or light and darkness. He told us not to eat of that tree. It sounds, it makes total sense to us. Every movie we've seen, uh, most of the teaching you've got in Christianity has been good versus evil, good ultimately wins, right? That sounds really good, but it ultimately kills you because here's the, you cannot become what he already made you. That was the original lie to Adam and Eve. Hey, if you do these things, you'll become like God. What was the truth? All humanity was birthed out of God, and they were already sons, inherited everything that he already had from the foundation of the world. They were one with God. But if we go, no, you don't have everything yet. You're not complete yet. There's this, there's this evil over here that you need to conquer. Then you can experience life. What do we do? We get to be busy beavers, and we start trying to work to get it, don't we? And that was the lie. You cannot become what you already are. You, we, what do we do? We get frustrated then. I can't ever get there. What I'm trying to get you to understand is you're there. And you've always been there, and you can never get out of there. You're always loved. You're always a son, meaning 
you're you're a son. You're created in his image. You're a co-creator with him. You're You're in union with him. Everything he has is yours. And how do we produce it? Out of our spirit, just like he did. And what does that mean? Just focus on good? Focus on love? All the things in Philippians? Good, love, noteworthy, praiseworthy. Focus on that stuff. Because when we start getting down here, uh, we start to experience some of it. And then you know, that's not fun. It's anger, murder, strife, all the things that we don't like. So anyway, to the father, lack, sickness, lack of joy, lack of love, have no true existence. This is what's crazy. And some of you guys, if you, a lot of I know, have read Carolyn Leaf's books and different things. I find it fascinating from the scientific point of view. She goes, we have no mechanism in our body to experience depression. It's just the lack of something. What's the lack of? Joy and love. So he goes, we've only been produced to experience joy and love. And if we, if we have joy and love from him, then we don't experience the negative side of it. The negative goes away. It's not a real power in itself because there's only one power. It's what we believe, whether it's good or bad, we, we experience that. Does that help you guys? So there's, we're not fighting this evil thing. That's just, that's us. That's, that's just something we can't see that's always been true about us. And so anyway, uh, so he doesn't, here's what's fascinating to me. And, all, and I don't care, that's where I don't want you to get defensive if you're experiencing any of these things because we've all probably experienced some of this somewhere in our life. And that's why in Ephesians 1 it says, listen, bear with people with long suffering and gentleness and peace and, and uh, realize that it's one body and one, one love and one spirit and, and that's where we just have to love people and, and do the best we can. I get it, sometimes we, we don't do very well. But he always does well. So we can always take anchor in that. But so to, here's, here's once we get this, that if we're experiencing any of those negatives to him, he sees you in Christ already. He sees you complete, finished, provided for in every way. So as soon as we start operating in I am versus I need to become or I need to fix this or I need to know more, and this is where it's hard for people, I think, is even, uh, I go, um, oh, I know some of you guys you think I'm crazy, but a lot of you guys have had to say, put your Bible down for a while. You're killing yourself. And that's what Jesus said to them. They're like, you're in that thing night and day and you can't find life because you don't realize it's about a relationship with me. We've all heard that, haven't we? It's about a relationship. What, if I want to be intimate with her, I'm not going to do it in a book. In fact, I'll get irritated. Just, you put your book down. Come on, it's intimate time. <laughs> Which doesn't produce a lot of intimacy, I know. But, but you see what I'm trying to say? It'd be weird for me. You go, hey, it's, he's, the book is to point you to him to have a relationship with him. But if you're not experiencing it, get in the book. Put the book down and go, Lord, I can do nothing. Show me how much you love me. And will he do it? He will do it. He will pursue you to the ends of the earth to show you how much he loves you. And now you can actually start experiencing what was always been true about you, that you were loved. And so when we get out of this, I have to do something to become versus I am. I am that. Now, I'm just going to give you tangible examples. Um, whether you like them or not, it's just, I love business too, and I love science and all these different things, but uh, I, I would just ask you this. Um, whether you like him or not, do you think Trump's pretty positive? Yeah. Does he think he has a pretty good self-image about himself? Yeah. I think he does, right? I, there's some, obviously there's some, um, in fact, we just stayed there last weekend when we, my, my girlfriend's so good. So last Sunday, we left out of here and went to the Yankees game and stayed in Trump right at. But on the card, I go, this is so Trump. So we check in and the cards say, uh, what, how does it say? Subtlety. Subtlety is not our strength. Indulgence is. I'm like, oh, that's so good. That's just, 
That's so Trumpian, isn't it? So here, I'll give you another one. Henry Ford said this, because some of you guys don't know his story, but they took him before court and all this stuff, and he's like, listen, you, he's talking to the government, and he goes, you could take all your wealth away from me, and I will have it back in five years. Because he understood that nothing's against him except him. Does that make sense? That he could produce out of his spirit. You guys know that? And some of you guys have read Norman Vincent Peale. He said, uh, uh, and Henry Ford, the other thing is he said, he goes, whether you think you can and you're, or you can't, you're right. And it's so fascinating when we, when we talk with people, um, we can walk away from that typically and go, wow, man, they're beaten up and they really need to learn how to win again. They need to get, see how valuable and good they are in God's eyes and so they can learn to win and experience life and life more abundantly again. And so anyway, uh, he says, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. You know, Norman Vincent Peale, he goes, um, but the heart can conceive and believe you can achieve. And th- all these, see, that the secular world understands all this stuff. They're like, hey, guard this. Is don't believe you're this sinner, dirty, uh, not worthy thing because you've got this bad behavior. Is anything going on? He's like, that's not. In his eyes, you are everything already. You're complete. So the law of life is this. Instead of looking at the negative, thinking that we have to overcome good and evil, that there's a force resisting us, it's this. When you focus on how much he loves you, when you focus on you're radically loved, you're radically forgiven, you are, you are wealthy. When you believe you're wealthy, what happens? You start to experience it. And unfortunately, the church has not taught that. The church has taught steps. If you do these things, you'll have wealth, Right? That's good and evil. The, the, the true living to me is he became poor so that you may become rich. So how wealthy are you if you're a joint heir? You've got it all. You can produce everything out of your spirit. Does that make sense to you guys? And when you do that, life starts to happen versus this fighting good versus evil. That's the law of life. And that, that's my only issue with a lot of pastors, stuff like that. I was like, okay, you're great. Your theology's right, but let's, let's win. Let's like enjoy life too. Wouldn't that be fun? To me, it would be fun. I like, I don't want to argue theology all the time. I'm so tired of it. I go, yeah, yeah, your theology is good, but let's win. Let's like have fun and live life and get some wins in our win column. Wouldn't that be fun? And I know it's not about winning and losing, but how many of you guys, when, when you get it, when somebody gives you, when your boss tells you how great you are, doesn't that feel like winning? It feels like winning, doesn't it? Or, or Justin, you come home, they go, I got a $10,000 raise. You happy? No, no, because money doesn't make you happy. <laughs> exactly. So this is where I, I, sometimes I differ from those guys. I'm like, no, it's okay. Once you realize that you have everything, you don't have to lust for things. You can just enjoy it, and, and it comes out of your spirit. Before you even ask, he's answered. It's already yours, is what I'm trying to tell you. That's a better way to live, is it not? Does that help you guys? Am I making any sense? Okay, so let's see. Yeah, so to me, when I finally got this, is like in God's eyes, darkness is just lack of light. There's no, it's now a real thing to it. So when we're experiencing anything negative in our life, he's like, listen, I know the solution for that. It's just the lack of something, because there's only one real power, is when you start focusing on these things, is what Paul talks about. You, the law of life will kick in, and it dissolves the darkness that you're experiencing. And, and it's a law. The law of life is God goes, I only give life and life. That law is, a, is, if you're going to look at good versus evil, that law will always trump the negative. And it's a law. So the good news is, you can't screw it up, really. 
except by believing the wrong thing. <laughs> Boo, <laughs> right, Martha? So that's where we, I think we can get defensive sometimes, like, no, you know what, let's just start enjoying, let's just start enjoying him and focus on, you know what, what's good about my life? What's, what's, what do I have, what can I be thankful for? I've got a family, I've got this, I, I've got that. And, and so every one of us, if, especially if we live here in Colorado Springs, do we have a lot to be thankful for? I think we do. You know, if you travel the world, like Barbara and I have traveled to a lot of different places, with all of our flaws, I'm still thankful when I hit that Denver tarmac and go, God, we live in a beautiful place, man. They actually have like 24-7 Walmarts. It's awesome. <laughs> hey, go to Africa and don't have your bags show up. Oh, You're washing your undies every night in the sink because there's no place to buy anything. It is disgusting, isn't it? I know, and it's hot. It's sweaty. That even, that, I'll add to it. I'll stop there. So my wife, she's like, what happened? I'm like, I'm, I'm in the raw, uh, washing my underwear, twisting it out with a little bar of soap this big, and I do it every night. So trust me, I know we're not materialistic, everything else, but sometimes materialism makes me very happy. When I land, and I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. They have Walmart, right? <laughs> Does that make sense to you guys? Now, but we're like, I get it. We're like Paul. He goes, listen, I've learned to, I learned to abase and I've learned to abound, but it's a lot more fun to abound, in my opinion. So we can be happy in every situation, but here's what I know that I know that I know. When we start just realizing nothing's against us, I can't think of anything that would ever separate us from his love. We have everything he already has. That will start to produce on its own and you won't have to struggle for it. That's what I'm trying to say. Does that help? And now you can start to experience all these things, this life and joy and all these different things. So there's only one power, one spirit, the law of life. The minute we see it's always been true about us, our union in love, we saw that, right? Before the foundation of the world, you were holy and blameless in his sight. So in God's eyes, were you ever a sinner saved by grace? Never. I know that'll rattle your theology a little bit, but it says we were holy and blameless in him with, before the foundation of the world. And all humanity is in one family. He's through, in, and all. Wow, that's cool to me. So the minute we see what's always been true about us, our union and love, law of life becomes what we experience. He goes, I only give life. I'm not this good, bad guy. I give based on how good you are, how not got you are. I, sometimes I do this, sometimes I do that. I only do this, Justin, if I can trust you with it. That keeps so many people in poverty. Right? I see so many Christian businessmen do that kind of weird stuff. If he knows what you're going to do with it, he's going to give it to you. Are you kidding me? We were just in New York. <laughs> There's a lot of people doing weird stuff with it, and he still gives it to them. Does that make sense? You got to get off that dualistic thinking. Well, if he does, if it's good, then he gives. If I'm not good, he gives. He just gives because he's a giver. He heals because he's a healer. He loves because he's a lover. Does that make sense to you guys? And you can rest in that. that that'll always produce if you just focus on that kind of stuff. Lord, I don't deserve this. He goes, I know I'm in the business of that. That's why it's called grace. I just give because I give. You guys get it? I heal because I heal. You don't have to work up your faith. Once we start focusing on that, he goes, that's what I can ex start to experience. Help? All right, we'll wrap this up. So, all right, we go, and this is, I think, the key. We go from asking God to give us things we already have, which works, doesn't it, when we pray? But a more powerful way to live is in the I am, or I already am not. Well, I don't even have to ask God for anything. I can just experience him. When I realize our, everything he has is already mine and I'm one with him, his life is my life, actually. When I focus on that, I was like, we can, we can look at darkness, but I don't have to look at darkness because I know that light will always overcome darkness. And if I realize 
that is just really a non-reality to God. He's already done everything he's gonna do to do that. And I can just start focusing, Lord, you love me perfectly. I am the healed. I am the wealthy. I am the loving. I am the forgiven. I am all these things. I'm already that. You start to experience it versus I'm waiting for it to manifest. And I need God. I need to pray to get into your prayer closet and separate and don't eat and all this stuff. That's weird marriage to me. Good marriage to me is everything I have is yours, sweetie. You don't even ask for it. So she asked me this, like, um, Lord, I'm hungry. Uh, and she comes to me, Lord. Reg, I'm on your couch that night. So, uh, <laughs> right? Or even this. This is a wild one. Sweetie, submit to me. I'm on somebody else's couch the next night. We're equals. Does that, does that make sense? But wouldn't it be weird to me? She goes, Lord, I'm hungry. Uh, please give me my food. Would that be weird? If you guys saw that, you saw her do that to me in my house, wouldn't you think that's really weird? What would you do? <laughs> yeah, you would kick me. But that wouldn't be Christian, Reg. So uh, you, you're supposed to bear with me in long-suffering. <laughs> no, I would too. I'd want to kick that guy too. I'm like, treat her like a bride, man. It would be weird to me to even have, like, sweet, why are you even asking that? There's food in the fridge. Just go get it. Guess what? Everything's there. And it's freely given. It's, in fact, it's already been given. When we get from the, hey, my life is his life. And that's what one John talks about. As he is, so are we in this world. And once we really get that, we don't have a separate life from him. Our life is his life. Two have become one. Everything he has, we can start to experience when we realize we already are that. Does that help you guys? Or you can get to your feet. Does that, does that make sense? And if you do need prayer, of course we're going to pray with you. It, because you know what? It like turbocharges you. It's like jumper cables if we lay hands and do our thing. But you'll get to the point, honestly, where you won't need it. You can just live out of the reality that I already am all of that. And I can rest and throw every care I have to him because he's my caretaker. And he's a good one. He's already said everything you're ever going to need, whether it's physical, whether it's financial, whether it's marriage, whether it's relationship, He'll restore you to a place that's even better than you could think or imagine is what scripture talks about. So whatever a loving God would do, the most extravagant loving God you can ever consider, he'll go beyond that. The most extravagant forgiveness you think you could ever give, he'll go beyond that. Isn't that cool? That's the hope of his calling is what it says. The hope of his calling is the hope hope of his surname. That we're one, we're family with him. I wish I wouldn't say calling because we have this weird thing like, I'm calling you and you're not listening, right? See, you need to go back and hear him because last time this is why you're off track because you didn't hear him. No, you're off track because you believed that something wrong about yourself. Does that make sense? You believe that weird teaching is what happened. Now you're eating the fruit of that. So, Father, we love you. We praise you. We just thank you that there's people get this. Oh, that you're, they're one with you and you're limitless. Whatever they need, you've already said an an abundant yes, a loud yes. You said it's already been done from the foundation of the world. I provided everything. Just relax and let me freely produce it in your life. That you realize we're one with you. Your faith is ours. Your love is ours. Your provision is ours. Your health is ours. Everything you have, the divine life, the divine everything is our life and we can enjoy it right now. So we just say thank you for that. Just let that get revelation deep that they can see in their spiritual eyes, what's always been true about them, that they're perfectly loved, radically forgiven, perfectly taken care of, 
healing all the broken places in our emotions, in our minds, in our bodies. That's just what you do. You, go, you, you enter the darkest, deepest places and go, I'll fix that because I love you that much. We just say thank you for that, that we can rest in that perfect love. In Jesus' magnificent name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.